Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Hey, this is Emily. And this is Sandra. And I'm Jess. And you're listening to Town Meeting, a Gilmore Girls Rewatch podcast. Today's episode is Like Mother, Like Daughter. I love this episode. It is my turn to do the summary. I I did practice. (laughs) Good. We're coming back from my monumental failure. (laughs) Uh, Let me know when you're ready. Ready when you are. Okay. Okay. Start. At Chilton, Rory gets told she's a loner and has to socialize to get into Harvard. And when Lorelai tries to defend her, she also gets told she doesn't do enough for the school. In response, Rory sits at a random table in the cafeteria, meets the Puffs, a secret society, and makes Paris jealous. Lorelai, meanwhile, becomes a booster mom, pulls off a fashion show, gets jealous Luke is talking to another woman, and makes Emily very happy. Later, Rory gets kidnapped and forced to ring a bell, gets caught, and almost gets suspended until she defends herself. Lorelai oversteps with Luke, and Rory stays a loner. Done? I mean, I'd say yeah. <laughs> it was it hit zero on your last word. That was a great. That was okay. great. And I mentioned Woo! everything, right? I was like, yeah, so I working. think so. Okay. Oh I my think god, no point. Yeah. Yes. Yay. Because the points are bad. <laughs> yeah. Points are bad. We need to remember <laughs> this. Yes. Uh. Well. Yeah. So we're talking about like mother, like daughter today, and um. Way to go, Sandra. We start out. Thank you. And we start out at Luke's diner. We sure do. So the girls arrive to Luke's and it's busy. And I just want to mention, because obviously Jess has been introduced at this point. Mm -hmm. Where is Jess? Why isn't he helping out with this rush? Well, he's not in this episode, so. (laughs) He's just not in this episode. He's not even mentioned in this episode. (laughs) Nope. He's not. I also thought it was interesting that they were like, oh, it's so busy in here. But then they immediately have a seat. Right? Yeah. Like, there's already an open table. Which, by the way, uh, they're sitting in front of what looks like a pirate's barrel. Like, it's oh, like yeah. a huge barrel. That's well, where Luke why? keeps the wine. Yeah, in the middle <laughs> of the dining room. <laughs> it's not in the middle. It's against the wall. And Luke is being like... Apparently weirdly friendly in this episode. That's, like, kind of a theme throughout. Yeah. He's just, like, being nice and it wigs Lorelai out. It's like, no, he's he's a personable guy when he wants to be. Yeah, right? He just doesn't ever um, want to be. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Rory does call out Luke's flirting 
to Lorelai. Yeah. She full out and says, like, he flirts with you all the time. Yep. I mean, she is one of many in a string of people <laughs> who will be like, hey, you guys have a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and Lorelai continues to deny it. She's like, no, we don't. He doesn't. It's like, Lorelai, literally everybody in this town is telling you that, yeah, he does. Maybe you mm-hmm. should listen. Yeah. Just a thought. So... One thing that I liked about this episode, there was a lot of moments of continuality, like of random mentions of previous episodes. Um, okay. The first one is Rachel. We get a Rachel mention. Oh, yeah. Has and he dated yeah. anybody since Rachel? Yeah. And I, I always think in my head, like the last time we see Rachel is the last time we hear about Rachel. But no, she's she's mentioned again. Mm-hmm. Um, at least once. At least once. Um and Lorelai thinks Luke will be a bachelor forever. Joke's mm-hmm. on you. Hmm. Hmm. But why does she think that? Or does she not think that and she hopes that? I think there's probably some element of, like, wishful thinking in that. Mm-hmm. Because Luke dates. Like, we know this. Mm-hmm. We, throughout the series, will see him date other women. He has dated other women in the past. It's not like he's never been in a relationship. I think she just thinks of him as, like, he's her gruff diner guy. Mm-hmm. And Why no one else is. end up with somebody I, yeah. else? Yeah. I think she has feelings for him at this point, but I think they're buried deep in a box in the last closet in the house and underneath the stairs that nobody knows about. So I don't think she's ready to, like, <laughs> Everyone knows about acknowledge. <laughs> right. I don't think she's ready to acknowledge that she has feelings, yeah. but obviously in this episode we see there is some jealousy going on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. So it's um it's one of those like, no, he needs he needs to be alone forever so she can have him without ever actually having him. I don't know. It almost seems like a backup plan. And yeah. that doesn't I don't think of Lorelai and Luke as a backup plan. No. Like that's a weird way of looking at it. This episode in particular, I feel like points that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not into that. But uh, we move on to the kitchen, and the Jeep is dead. Honestly, the whole Jeep is dead part of this storyline, why? It's so fillery. No, the most confusing part of it is Rory's like, what's it doing? And Lorelai makes a sound, and Rory's like, mm, that's the battery. Why do yeah. you, how, what? Yeah. <laughs> when is Rory working on car engines that she would know this? It just, like, uh, that yeah. moment, you guys ready for my first Twilight reference of the season? <laughs> Sure. That moment feels almost like a Bella Renee, where, like, Bella has had to do adult things for her mom. It almost felt like a, like, Rory knew that her mom would never pay attention to car things. So, like, when this happened previously, she was like, oh, that's the battery. I need to remember (laughs) this. Like, that's how that, that moment struck me. But I will say, for as, like, kind of pointless as the whole Jeep thing is... It does give us a, a really good car scene in the episode. It does. Because um, we don't have Gypsy yet, apparently. We yep. don't. Mm-mm. But, so, back to this scene. Um, Rory has, let's say, a shitload of books. Like, yeah. a lot of them. A metric and, crap ton of books. Yeah. 
and she's trying to fit them into her backpack and she can't. And then she does. And then she forgets her French book. Well, do you remember when she first went to Chilton, how many bags she was carrying? She carried like yeah. five bags. It was like, what, two backpacks and three duffel bags or something? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she is the And that was for like right? having no extracurriculars because that was even before she was on the paper staff. So mm-hmm. she didn't even like need to have extra stuff. And now she's apparently fitting everything into one overstuffed backpack. You know what? I have a theory on that one. She was still probably doing a lot of catch-up at Chilton. So she had probably yeah, had yeah. a lot of former resources that she, by being there from the start of the school year, would not need on a day-to-day basis. Whereas yeah. at that point, I bet she had a bunch of like, well, here's, well, a month and a half worth of class material for all of her classes. Like, remember that giant binder that they gave her yeah. for one of her classes? That was one of her classes. huge. Yeah. So I could see that, but... Nope, that yellow backpack is really, really doing its work this season so far. Mm-hmm. Hey, she gets her money's worth out of that backpack. Oh, she really yes. does. There is, I just want to mention real quick, a Michelle phone call, right? Yeah. And um, what is low-fat American cheese? Does that exist? Isn't American cheese, like, the least real cheese? Yeah. I think that if Michelle was going cheese. to eat something, it would be a fancy cheese. Right. I don't eat cheese, but it's like... I thought that American cheese was up there with, like, Velveeta, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, my brother was telling me last time we went to visit, like, Kraft American Slices. Mm -hmm. Can't even put cheese on the packaging because it's not real cheese. But, yeah, that was it. Yeah, that's weird. (laughs) I feel like Michelle would eat a fancy cheese. Right? Gouda. Right. He's going to, like, spend calories on that. or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Um, But anyways, yes. So Rory goes to Chilton. She's eating lunch um, with a CD player. They keep calling it a Walkman. Yeah, that's the brand. A Walkman. Oh, I thought a Walkman Walkman. was only the cassettes. No. Mm -mm, They made a CD player, too. Oh. Yeah. The ones that had like a three second buffer on them were the greatest because then your CD wouldn't skip. Oh, yeah. And they all had like anti-skip protection on them. Most of them (laughs) never worked. Yeah. I used to on my CD player just play the band Play a million times. I love I love it that was so much. My favorite band growing up. I play. used to listen to the Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron <laughs> soundtrack on my CD player on every road trip. That was Obviously. my travel music. I listened to Avril Lavigne and Three Doors Down. Oh yeah. Yes. Avril was big in my life. Um so yeah, she's she's listening to music. She's reading a book. Which by I the way, I would just how like to point that? out too how much we have been dating ourselves the last couple episodes. <laughs> last time we talked about Napster and downloading music mm-hmm. and how we didn't have streaming, and now we're talking about our Walkman <laughs> CD players. I honestly, I was thinking about asking for a CD player for Christmas this year because I've started getting CDs from Goodwill. Oh, I like bought a bunch of pants and had to return them, but it's um only. Uh, it's like only store credit. So I've been working off like $70 of credit from Goodwill. <laughs> anyway, we're old. <laughs> in, in this lunchroom where Rory is being a completely good student, yep. she's eating her lunch, listening to music, reading a book. She's following all the school rules. Mm-hmm. The guidance counselor singles her out and like sets a, t- a time to meet, which. Not the best guidance counselor move. That's kind of what I was thinking. It doesn't even give a hint or anything. Refuses no. to give a hint even. Just, uh, let's talk. How about after this? Um, and when Rory does meet with her, 
I guess they've been watching her. There's another continuality thing with the deer being mentioned of how yeah. she mm-hmm. hit the deer or the deer hit her. Um, yeah, hear her, I love her line of, she... this is a big story for me. I'm surprised I don't tell it better. <laughs> I know, <laughs> yeah, I like love that, that line too. I I understand Rory being caught off guard and not like not thinking of all the examples of how social she actually is in mm-hmm. this instance. But like in the future when Lorelai goes to meet with that Master Chilton, like I have issues with that meeting. Like I understand Rory yeah, getting we'll like called out. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I just I kinda got the same feeling too. Like not the best guidance counselor. Like it just seems She literally says universities do not look kindly on loners. Like what? Yeah. Not well, even, or even pretty girls can be loners, which is just a weird sentence. Are they to say just, completely. yeah, yeah? Are they just <laughs> ignoring all of the interactions she has with Paris, Madeline, and Louise? Like, I know they're kind of in the middle of a fight right now, but there have been plenty of interactions for them to be mm-hmm. like, oh, those are her school friends. Yeah, and like I was on the newspaper staff at my high school, and there's a lot of interaction that goes on on a newspaper staff mm-hmm. and it's not oh, yeah. like the newspaper advisor wouldn't be seeing that and Rory's already proven that she's stepping up so even in that situation alone that should give her some credit but apparently it doesn't a uh, good kind of guidance counselor would focus more on why she's being alone rather than just mm-hmm. throwing mm-hmm. like her to the wolves and being like socialize you're yeah. gonna be social yeah. now it's so like, like well that's not how that goes i changed high schools twice so i went to three separate high schools Ooh, the yeah. first one i went to was it's not it wasn't a private school by any means this the second one i went to the first one i transferred to but it was in a richer neighborhood than what i had traditionally grown up in it was a large school like it had a graduating class of like 600 um oh, wow. Wow. well large for indiana purposes <laughs> um but I literally spent my first semester and a half there eating lunch by myself on a bench because I had no friends. Because how awkward is that to go up to somebody and be like, hey, be my friend in high school when they'd be like, no, you can go away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't have the confidence yet to just be like, hey, I'm going to sit here. Right? Like, yeah. mm. To be fair, though. I have to throw this out there because I did not even think about this until like a year or so ago. The first friend I made there, her name was Zolly, and she was very much a Paris personality. I, like, and the more I think about it, the more I'm like, man, I hope she's doing well. I like, I want to look at her, <laughs> look her up. Oh, I remember there was a marking period because that's the term that's used in high school, um, where I um, you see in the library. So um, put yourself be more social. There. Yeah, put yourself out there. And Rory is, like, I think any high school kid would be in the situation, like, I don't okay. even know what that means. Yeah, I'm right? just trying to get good grades. And, and we should this. know that this is not the guidance counselor who, uh, like, this is not their idea. It is Headmaster Charleston who has yes. brought yes. this forward. I think when we see him later in the episode, we can kind of talk more about his mm-hmm. um, I would think at this point... Goals. This is probably him checking in on the transfer student after she's been there for a while just to see how she's yeah. doing. Because I imagine Tilton probably does not have that many transfer students. That's so fair. it's probably easy enough to be like, oh, how are these transfer kids doing? And yeah. I guess for him to then, mm, she's not very social. She has no friends. We're going to ignore all of the Paris, Madeline, Rude. Louise, and Henry. 
because uh, I imagine she's talked to Henry a couple of times too about Interesting. Lane. Interesting. Yeah. It's like, mm, yeah, you're just looking for reasons to Seriously. single her out at this point. And that is what Lorelai thinks, um, because our next scene mm-hmm. is on the porch at the Gilmore's house, and Lorelai is pissed, which, mm. I mean, I think I would be too. If my, like, perfectly otherwise well-rounded little girl came home and was like, they don't think I have friends, I'd be like, they are wrong. And yeah. that's essentially what Lorelai says. And meanwhile, we have that, that <laughs> Kirk scene. Of this is Kirk- like true Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Fixing in quotation marks, uh, the Jeep. And apparently he got stuck under the car. Now, I don't know where the battery in a Jeep is located, but the battery is not under the car. just located. It shouldn't be under the car. Right under the yeah. hood. Easy access. <laughs> um, because and at one point he, <laughs> he holds up like a bundle of cords, like cables, yeah. and asks them if they know what it is. Nope. Which is what I always hope for my mechanic to say. We find out that Kirk was also a loner during school. And And he's fine. Have we already found out that him and Luke went to school together? Did they go to school together? I don't think we find out about that until we find out about Butch Dane. Kirk seems younger. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like they went to school together. Like, I remember... Maybe it's... I mean, they would both have had to be at Stars Hollow schools together they both grew up in stars hollow i feel like contrary to season one (laughs) kirk the jerk (laughs) i feel like at one point luke mentions or maybe kirk mentions like luke knocking kirk's books out of his hands in school yes i cannot pinpoint this conversation but i feel like it happened we'll we'll keep an eye on it but or an ear i guess um but yeah kirk was a loner and that's totally fine and you know what yeah it is actually totally fine like if you guys You don't have to, like, be in the popular clique or do all that stuff. Just find people that have common interests with you and have a good time, man. I honestly don't know anybody who, as an adult, has nearly as many, like, friends as they did in high school. Because most of the people you socialize with in high school, it's like socializing out of necessity Mm -hmm. or out of convenience because you see them every single day Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. even when you just go on to college you realize how many of those people you didn't have a connection with it's like oh yeah you might have a million inside jokes and you might have you know four classes together every day but then you go to separate colleges separate states and you don't even miss them yeah because Mm -hmm. they they really weren't a huge connection so why force people to be friends in high school when they could be doing other things. Like focusing on their schoolwork, getting straight A's, working on the paper. We might be introverts, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an extrovert. Um, but uh, Lorelai does go to Chilton because mm-hmm. she is going to take this up directly mm-hmm. with Headmaster Charleston. Um, Immediately gets shade. As usual, shade. it does not go the way that she expects. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know what she expects anymore. Like, he always thwarts her. I feel like Lorelai should have gone in prepared with points as to why calling Rory a loner is wrong. And, like, Mm -hmm. basically Rory's whole speech at this end of this episode should have been Lorelai's points right now. Yep. And and she doesn't even have to mention, like, the fact that her and Rory are freakishly close. It's like, no, Rory has a steady best friend that she's been best friends with kindergarten. She has a boyfriend. She's involved in town events, multiple town events. She has friends through that. Like, just because 
you don't see it because it's not in this town or in this school does not mean it doesn't happen. Yep. That's yeah, all it needed to be. Instead, Lorelai gets scolded. <laughs> yep. gets told. Honestly, she's a mom who works full time. And she's going to school. She's going to school yes. to get her associates. So, like, again, I wish Lorelai would be like, okay, but how many of your parents are actually single parents who are also going to school and have full-time jobs? Because I know nothing yeah. about these other moms, but they're all making a joke about the one woman who clearly doesn't even have a job anymore. Her job is being a stepmom mm-hmm. and a wife. So, like. Yeah. And also, that bake sale, Suki brought, like, a, a lot. lot of really <laughs> good stuff. So it's not like she showed up with, like, store-bought brownies or something you know she participated the moms that we meet later in the booster club they seem like they are the kind of people who have the time to do this Mm -hmm. and it is not a problem and Mm -hmm. i think in a lot of situations there are people who have the time to participate in those kind of activities where it's not going to be a detriment to them and their family time Mm -hmm. well what's up next um (laughs) Lorelai gets so flustered by that her she meeting leaves. with Charles. She forgets to meet up with Rory. <laughs> oh, my God. And, like, did how long did Rory wait until she was like, I have to take the bus or I'm going to miss the bus. Like, my mom is obviously not going to bring me home. Lorelai also kind of realizes or maybe sides with the school now. And she's mm-hmm. like, hey, you know what? Maybe it's a good idea for you to be social. Mm-hmm. How do we feel about that? I mean, I don't think that there is, like... I don't think you should be forced to be social, but I Mm -hmm. think there are a lot of things that you can gain by being social when you have people. You know, like I was talking about those friends of convenience you have in high school, but like, there are also people that I made incredible connections with, and I still have great memories with them, and we get together over holidays and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, I mean, it's, it's good to have social skills in the real world. Yeah. And you learn those when you're young. So. Well, I almost wish I had Rory's confidence because Rory mm-hmm. goes to school the next day and just goes to a random group of girls and sits down. Yep. She kind of yes. rambles a little bit, but it's cute rambling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like, why is this girl here and still talking rambling? No. It's. Yeah. And I mean, Rory really, like, if you were going to go into a cafeteria and pick a random group to sit with, Rory chooses, like, a table that is full except for one mm-hmm. seat mm-hmm. which i don't think even i as an adult would have the confidence to do that no. i'd be like no. looking for like a couple people off on their own or maybe like a group of three maybe somebody else with a book out yeah well we meet francie and we meet francie through her spokesperson ivy because she's so mm-hmm. important that she doesn't say her own name yes and uh paris notices that Rory has sat with this group and immediately it's is so like, funny. What? Wait she does a like a double take. Like, she backs she up. Walks, she backs up. And we find out that Rory has sat with the Puffs, um, which Rory has no clue that there are even. Paris calls it a sorority, but then it's also kind of like society. a secret society. Um, I think ASP like has a thing for secret to... societies. Yeah, I think there's more to being a sorority than just, like, having a club, so I don't think it's technically a sorority. (laughs) Anyway, this is apparently, like, if it's a sorority, then Paris is a legacy. Like, her family have been puffs, Mm -hmm. and influential people have been puffs, and Rory doesn't care. She just sat down with this group because... Well, Rory doesn't know. Yes, no, but even after Paris tells her... 
in the hallway. Like, she still doesn't care. Sandra Day O'Connor was a puff. And Maureen's so like, oh. I was going to mention that because the implication is that Sandra Day O'Connor went to Chilton. Spoiler alert, mm-hmm. since Chilton is a fictional school and she's a real person, <laughs> she did not go to Chilton. <laughs> did she grow up in Connecticut? No. No. <laughs> she grew up in Arizona. She apparently yes. and she apparently did go to a private school in Texas. In Texas. Are, are so, parts nationwide, perhaps? <laughs> I looked at well. They talk I about the see, tea like, table. Yeah, yeah. I looked to see if the puffs like had any origin in like anything in reality. Could not mm-hmm. find anything. Um, yeah, but I just want to talk real quick. This lunch was like five minutes long. Well, no I think one there must eats. be like a rolling lunch period because Rory doesn't get up when all the other girls get up, which made me think that her mm. lunch maybe started after theirs. But yeah, so Paris is essentially just really worried that Rory is going to talk badly about her to the Puffs, which goes to show how insecure Paris is Mm -hmm. and how, like, fearful she is, because we know that Rory would never just bring up Paris. Right. Like, it would not even cross her mind to bring up Paris, and yet Paris is completely consumed by this idea that Rory is going to go specifically to the Puffs to badmouth her. Well, because Paris would do that, though. Yes. Yes. Uh, Liza yeah. did really well in this scene. I thought her acting yeah. was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Like, she always has these long monologues, and she knocks it out of the park with this one. Um, but I, I just feel like Rory should have just said, fine, I won't talk bad about you. That would have been so easy to say. <laughs> it it would have been, but I, I do believe that Rory gets a little bit of enjoyment out of torturing Paris whenever she can. Right. There's, like, antagonism on both sides of this relationship, <laughs> even though Rory's, like, the good one. Like, she still likes to poke a Paris's body. I mean, that this conversation has one of my favorite lines in this episode when Paris comes up. She's like, ah, you're like the pop-up book from hell. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we move on to Friday night dinner, and they're barbecuing tonight. So the maid immediately goes, we're barbecuing, go outside. Right? Which implies that Emily told her to tell the girls to go to the back I patio, think she right? Says, she even Your says mother... Mrs. Gilmore, yeah, wants you in the back. And Emily immediately walks outside. Oh, yeah. Emily's pissed. It's like, well, well, then why did you send them out there? Like, I guess kudos for Lorelai for not being like, but the maid said, because you know that May- Emily would have been immediately be like, well, she's fired. But the table is also already set, which is, like, another thing that we haven't seen before, except for, I think, the one where Richard had an early flight or something. But, like, the table is set. Salads are out. It was on the table before they even got there. It's all it's all confusing. We also go straight into, I'm extremely disappointed to you, Lorelai. And then Lorelai is just like, give me a second. Let me sit down. Put everything away. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love this scene, And now too. you can talk about it. Laura's like, okay, wait, let me let me get properly comfortable before you lecture me. Um, and Lorelai, because she's caught in a hard spot, uh, decides that she's joining the booster club. She's going to boost. Because yep. that is the first club she thought of. We find out in the booster club meeting, they need a new fall fundraiser because last year's everyone got sick and got food poisoning. So that's a bad thing. They got like really sick because they're talking about like, stomach yeah, stomachs pumping. pumped. Yeah. yeah. Let's back up Yikes. a little bit, though. So Lorelai tells Emily she's going to boost, and Emily gets mm-hmm. one last dig in. 
Oh, and their matching oh. sweaters are adorable. And yeah. she says it completely <laughs> with a straight face, no smile, just stares at Lorelai, disappointed as usual. And I, I, I have to clap for her in this. And then we finally, we meet the Booster Club, mm-hmm. right? And there are five ladies in the Booster Club at present, and then Lorelai joins them. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, like, these women all seem fine, you know, yeah. like, Lorelai acts like Chilton moms are awful and terrible. I can totally see some of these women even fitting in in, like, Stars Hollow and just mm-hmm. being, like, people we see in the diner. Yeah. They're just normal. They do need to have a new fundraiser, and they have decided to have a fashion show. But they need a location. And who do we know that has a beautiful event location? Miss Lorelai. I Gimler. wish for the realism, Lorelai would have asked a couple of questions beforehand. Like, oh, what, how many people? What capacity? Like, what kind of, yeah. like, some logistics things before immediately volunteering the inn. But, like, mm-hmm. I get that conversation would not be entertaining to watch, I guess. I don't know. My thing is, I feel like Lorelai, she's trying her best here. Right, mm-hmm. but I feel like her offering the in is is going too far, because now she's actively letting them into her life, and you know how she is with Chilton coming into her life. We'll find out later. Yeah, and she's the one who's like, "Hey, I have an in. Hey, I can do it. I can plan this." Uh, we also find out something fun about the models because Laura's like, is like, "Ooh, are we gonna have some like fancy models?" Mm-hmm. No, no, nope. Lorelai. Finally going to see Kate Moss eat something. I hate that line. Yeah. Right. God. We're the models. The booster club? The booster club. <laughs> the Are the models? The fundraiser? Like, that's wild to me. And it's so funny because there's, like, there's only five moms in the booster club plus Lorelai. Mm-hmm. And not even all of them walk in the fashion show. There are people who walk in the show that are not at the meeting. And also the show is like a minute long. (laughs) Yeah. These five women are like hot moms. Like they're all beautiful women. They're all tall, skinny. They have almost like the model-esque body. Like these Mm -hmm. women are all multiple inches taller than Lorelai in heels. Especially the main mom. I will say main booster mom. Mm -hmm. The one that there's like a little bit of drama with later. She is like the tallest most like elegant looking lady and we're gonna talk about her in references lauren graham is five nine just as a oh, basic wow. reference luckily lorelei um she gets the last laugh in because she calls her mother and is like hey mom i am you know gonna be in the booster club or whatever we're doing this fashion show and guess what you're gonna be one of the models and that's yep. that waffle is happy yeah, <laughs> this episode is is it has some great one. It obviously has some questionable one lines too, but it has some good one liners. Yeah. Um, we move on back to Rory at Chilton, and she actually starts to go to her usual seat, but Francie stops her and mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. orders her sit, sit with, with us, please. sit with us, please. Yes. And uh, Paris, Paris is not subtle. No, <laughs> not She's in like, the least. So awkwardly standing there, clearly trying to listen. Because, again, she's convinced that Rory's going to badmouth her. Mm-hmm. And what does Rory do? Rory talks very kindly about Paris. She does. But first, she immediately 
talks about the secret society and they're just like um <laughs> no. you can't talk about a secret society like in public and she's like well it's not really secret if everyone knows which is honestly fair but yeah. oh for sure <laughs> i love that francie literally says in the same breath we don't exist and like two seconds later she can't defect paris can't defect to another to another what according to you you don't exist or the puffs don't exist. Well, Rory talks Paris up. Yeah, she yeah. implies that Paris is going to be checking out another secret society, mm-hmm. um, which we know is not true. She only wants to be a puff. Mm-hmm. And Rory also doesn't know the name of a se- another secret society. <laughs> She's just like, another one. And it kind of scares them and makes them invite Paris. Mm-hmm. And Paris looks so grateful in that yep. moment. Paris has to be nice to Rory for at least a month for this. Right? Right? <laughs> I feel for Paris because I, I understand where she's coming from. She, I mean, she has friends. She has mm-hmm, two mm-hmm. very close friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're not the kind of friends that you can tell things to. Right? Rory's no. the type of friend that she could tell things to, but she keeps Rory at an arm, arm's line. So. Well, and to be fair, too, we don't necessarily see a whole lot of drive out of Madeline and Louise to think that in no. the future they might be good connections to have. Whereas it sounds like the whole point of this Puff Society is connections in the future. Like, these are going to be sure. women who go off and do these amazing things. And nothing against Madeline or Louise. It, it, I think they could. Just they just don't seem thing. to have the drive to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, as soon as we finish with Rory, we move on to Lorelai. And the inn is, the inn as a whole is stressed. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. everyone in this inn is stressed. Uh, From Suki with the lettuce and the soup to Michelle trying his best to, like, coordinate everything. Actually, Can I give a a shout out to, yeah, Yeah. shout out to Michelle for actually doing his job and doing it Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Like, it's nice to finally see see why. Yeah. You can see why Lorelai is like into him being there during mm-hmm. those busy days. It's a great moment when Lorelai is like, ooh, did we already pay for the lettuce? Then yeah. let's use the lettuce. Because how many times have we been like, all this food, mm-hmm. is this being paid for by the inn? Apparently, yes. And Lorelai, at least with the lettuce, knows if we pay for it, we better use it. Yeah. yeah. Lettuce and soup, though, not I, my I, idea of a good time. I keep trying to think of like Cabbage what type and of soup? soup might have sure. lettuce in it, and I can't think of anything. None. It would just get wilty and gross because it's not. It doesn't have enough like substance and structure to stay. Mm-hmm. Even it would just be slime. Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> uh, they are setting up the world's tiniest little runway in the um, inn. Lorelai this... berates the carpenter. Uh, do you guys recognize this man? By the way. Oh, I did it. Uh. Uh-uh. Who was so it? So we see him again, far in the future, in season six or seven. He is. Well, it has to be seven. He is the contact that she starts writing for the online blog that gets her the connection to go on the oh. campaign trail. Hugo something. Oh, well, good for him. Really coming up in the world. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, at this time, he is apparently so bad at putting up the world's tiniest runway that she calls Luke to do it. Mm-hmm. And Luke is immediately like, yeah, they did this all wrong. Luke How much looks could at there it. be? Luke looks at it. Looks Does not look underneath it. There is like a drape around the whole thing. He's like, oh, they mm-hmm. put this up all wrong. How do you know that? You haven't looked at anything. <laughs> like you have to at least look underneath it. One corner is on the floor. So even I could glance at it and be like, there's something wrong here. <laughs> but no. And this is like... 
yet again, this is like how Emily points out, I think she's pointed it out before and she points it out in the future. When something goes wrong, it's funny how Luke always shows up mm-hmm. because Lorelai's always calling Luke to save her. Funny how that works. Yep. I feel very strongly that this runway is tilted because there's just not a leg down. Yes. Right? It seems like <laughs> the kind of thing you flip and it's boom, it's up. Dad. <laughs> Third point of continuity, Bert the toolbox. The toolbox Bert. is called Bert. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Luke is uh, hesitant to say that he can fix it. Even though, like we said, it's probably just a leg that is not put. But I mean, he fixes it almost instantly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Eva comes in, who is the head mom, and mm-hmm. um, she is mesmerized by Luke. Yep. Like, starry-eyed, schoolgirl crush, instant attraction. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so funny. I mean, she, like, stops in her tracks because mm-hmm. of him, which, She's girl, like, we've all been there. <laughs> and Lorelai is so uncomfortable by it. Oh yeah. What kind um, of girl does he like? Girls with heads? At the same time Emily arrives is immediately critical. Um mm-hmm. and Luke wants to stick around just in case the thing mm-hmm. does fall down. And Lorelai is like, you don't have to stick around. Please leave. Go away. And he's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stick around. Do you around. think Luke <laughs> wants to stick around because he knows she's a model in this fashion show and he wants to see what outfit she hates that she ends up in i almost feel like yeah i think so and it turns out to be quite an outfit Mm -hmm. yeah um but emily does arrive Mm -hmm. she is there and lorelei is just like just go back mom just go get dressed i'm busy go and emily's like i don't trust you get back here yeah (laughs) so as soon as they get back there they uh find out they're the mother mother daughter team and they have matching outfits which what are the chances there would be a mother-daughter team or a mother-daughter outfit combo? What's the chances there's a mother-daughter team and Lorelai, who is running and planning the event, doesn't Didn't know, know there is a mother-daughter team? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I almost wonder, like, if, is, was it Eva her name or Ava found out Ava, I think. that Emily was going to be involved and then she's like, ooh, well, let's make this fun. <laughs> and, like, slides it in there without telling anybody. And, I mean... This fashion show, it's in total, because the way that it runs, right, you've got, I think there's one, two, three, four, four looks, and then Emily and Lorelai step Mm -hmm. on in their matching outfits. Nobody follows them. It really appears to be the end of the show. And I have to wonder, is it the end of the show? Is this mother-daughter duo the big finale? Or is this like, then the models all go in the back and change and come out for another pass? We don't see that. Well, and they're still wearing their outfits in the next scene at the dinner. So this fundraiser, this big event that Lorelai put on, and it took more time to put up the stage (laughs) than it did for the fashion show to happen. Like, this just blows my mind. I work in events and like the ROI on something like this where yeah what (laughs) yeah the roi was the 50 dollar per plate to be there yeah and then everybody who's there afterwards when everybody's going to be looking around like that's it Mm -hmm. Uh i want my money back well real quick let's talk about this fashion show so the mothers are walking and it's you know it's very like they're trying hard to pretend like they're high fashion and they're they're kind of pulling it off 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then Lorelai and Emily come onto the scene. Lorelai looks miserable. And Emily mm-hmm. looks stunning. Like, mm-hmm. she's so Emily happy. Emily's, like, so psyched. She's doing, like, jazz hands. She's yeah. doing little shimmies. <laughs> she's happy, smiley. And it actually makes Lorelai loosen up. Yeah. And they just yes. vibe together doing this little routine up there. It's so cute. I love them and, like, this moment. Mm-hmm. This is, like, one of my all-time favorite Lorelai and Emily moments. Yeah. Because it's just, like, the two of them, like you said, vibing. They're having fun together. And even though it's so brief, it's so nice. Because it you can is. see that they could be good friends if they let themselves. Mm-hmm. I love that Lorelai and Emily spend more time on that stage than the rest of the women combined. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, they do a whole little dance. Oh, oh okay. A little <laughs> shimmy, I guess. They do a shimmy. <laughs> a yeah, spin, they do back a to back. Like, everything. Hand thing. They pose. A final pose. Yep. <laughs> and apparently, it was a success. Yeah, it was a smash. Luke and Michelle are dying. Like, they're, they're loving it. this routine. Yes. Um, and, yeah. No, the Booster Club is really happy with the turnout. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Lorelai planned all of those events, they could stop having those stupid meetings. Emily is happy as well, except Emily happy also means Emily is vindictive. And mm-hmm. um, she says, how nicely you seem to be fitting in into the world that you ran away from. Which is interesting, because even while this was happening, I didn't think that Lorelai was fitting in. With, like, the Booster Club moms, it seemed like, especially with, so at the table, after the fashion show... Lorelai, Emily, and two of the booster moms are sitting and talking, um, and they have that line about, oh, if you planned everything, we wouldn't have to do the meetings. And Lorelai says, oh, but then don't we, we don't finally, do the meetings. We finally like, want to learn how long it takes her to learn that kid's name. Because mm-hmm. one of the moms doesn't know her stepdaughter's name. And, like, that makes them feel really friendly, right? Mm-hmm. Like, really, like, buddy-buddy. And I think maybe from that moment, you could get the... It's funny how well you're fitting into what you ran away from. Because realistically, that's all Emily has seen, too. Yeah. Yeah. When we saw the original Booster Club meeting, like, visually, Lorelai was like a fish out of water. The -hmm. group was definitely, like, Lorelai and then them. But at the same time, she gets along well with most people. Mm -hmm. So. So I guess my point is, is that when we compare to Rory, Rory fits in like a glove. Like, she yeah. fits in oh, yeah. so easily. And Lorelai yeah. is a little bit harder to fit in. Like, it takes her a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, so I do think that it's interesting that Emily calls her out on it. I do think Emily was just being vindictive and just being mean. What I wish Emily would have said. Lorelai, Mom, what? Oh, nothing. No, tell me what? You just did a great job at this. I'm proud of you. Right? Because this is really the first time that we know of Emily seeing Lorelai in action at her job at a big function like this. Mm-hmm. It's like, just good job. I'm mm-hmm. proud of you. Would have been oh, a lovely moment between them. Well, Lorelai gets a second punch in the face because she turns around and, oh, look, Luke is talking to head mom, head booster mom. And like, I know he's not, but half second glance at this, it looks like he's rubbing her arm. And then you see, like, <laughs> it kind of moves away and he's clearly not, but like, He's like he's gesturing. Yeah. To to her credit though, I mean Lorelai doesn't look especially like stung by the comments. Mm-hmm. She just kind of looks like she's being thoughtful about it, which mm-hmm. I think is the right way to approach this. Mm-hmm. Um after after the fashion show, uh Lorelai heads home 
And she had some hot news about what's happening that evening. Uh, Rory is being kidnapped. She has been yes. already alerted by Francie. Uh, so make sure you put on good pajamas and you're cute and you wear some lip gloss because you're getting kidnapped. I never got kidnapped for anything, but Me I neither. know that there were different groups in my schools throughout the years who would set up these kidnapping things. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't, maybe I'm just weird. That doesn't seem pleasant to me in any shape or form. No. Like, no. if somebody called me about my child and was like, can I break into your, your house and steal your kid? Yeah. Leave <laughs> the key and money for me? No. Out of all the Chilton moms, Lorelai is the most likely to say yes to this. Right. Yes. And Lorelai is also not going to question it, nope. uh, which turns out maybe she should have questioned it Probably. because supposedly they're getting taken to breakfast. But what time are these girls showing up? Because if supposedly they're just going to take them to breakfast. So it has to be early enough for them to go to breakfast and then still be able to, like, go home, change, and get to school, I imagine. I mean, maybe, I'm a like, s- a 24-hour diner kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm not quite sure what time it is. What I do know is that when they come in, Rory's the worst actress in the world, but they somehow seem to be oh, okay I'm with so it. Oh, I'm so surprised. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, if a bunch of girls it. came into my bedroom in the middle of the night, my reaction would be like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> not a slow, oh, Hi, what are you doing here? <laughs> and um, I get one of my favorite scenes where um, the girls are like, okay, get up. Right. And they all start to leave and you get a pa- oh, you get Paris the is here. view of Paris and Paris is awful looking right now. Not awful looking, I mean, but like she's wearing she, her yeah. real pajamas. She's got mm-hmm. like zit cream all over her face. Her hair is a mess. Hair's a mess. She was amazing. actually sleeping. And Rory looks like she's modeling these pink pajamas. (laughs) Oh, so you wake up like this? I feel like Paris's mom is the type of mom to be like, sure, whatever, and then not say anything to Paris. Oh, yeah, definitely. Which makes me sad. She might not have even taken the call. Right. right? Like, well, yeah. I mean, she would. They would have had to have known where the key was at the very least. Mm. Yeah. Well, they get blindfolded and they get taken not to breakfast. But to Chilton, and specifically to Headmaster Charleston's office. Yes. Which, yes. And as soon as this is revealed, like, Rory Rory is such a square, and that's not a bad thing. No. But she's immediately like, how are, how do they have the keys? This isn't allowed. And I know he didn't like, give it to him. Ugh. Future Rory be like, whatever. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, like, this Rory, I feel like she's she thinks she's above this. Right? Like, this whole entire process. She's just like... She doesn't need this. She doesn't want this. Yeah. 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 And um, they go inside, and it's like a cult-style ritual with a candle Mm -hmm. and a bell. And, um, like I said, Rory hates it, but she still does it. Right? Yeah. And it feels like she's almost doing it for Paris's benefit at that point. Yeah. Right? Like, because Paris is like, we have to do this. We are becoming puffs. And so, yeah, she's supposed to recite, like, this very dumb chant, and mm-hmm. then she's supposed to ring the bell. And as she is ringing the bell, this, like, super old bell, who should arrive but Headmaster Charleston yep. and, and two police officers. Two police officers. Yep. Uh-huh. Because they broke into the school. Yeah. And he immediately is going to suspend them? Well, do well, you hear the list of charges that he comes yeah. off with? There's Vandals, destruction of property, and I'm like... They clearly oh, have the keys, and they're ringing yeah. the bell. 
Like, where is your vandalism? Also, these are your top students. Mm-hmm. Right? How's this going like, to look on your record as a headmaster? And uh, Rory can't help it, but she's, like, unbelievable, right? And mm-hmm. Charleston is like, what did you just say? And she repeats it. And she actually defends herself. And I was mm-hmm. so proud of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she's like, yeah. I was fine. I have a best friend. I have a boyfriend. Like, I don't know why you think I'm unsocial just because you don't see it doesn't mean I'm not. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this is all kind of your fault. Mm-hmm. it's a perfect argument for why like what he wanted her to do to begin with she's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you said i needed to do these things because of reasons and i did them yeah. and now i'm here like yeah this is your fault and i seriously feel like his secretary just like saves him at that moment by walking in he had oh, yeah. no idea what to say because she made a great argument yeah mm-hmm. And she does seem to get out of that suspension. I wonder if the other girls get out of the suspension. I'm thinking no. I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. Do you think that Paris would have a suspension on her record? Yeah, I feel like, like Paris I can't would fight her for, against it. Mm-hmm. I feel like if anybody's going to get suspended, it should be Francie and her two minions yes. because they're the, the ones that clearly the orchestrated yeah. it. Um, speaking of Paris, her Portuguese nanny is not speaking Portuguese. She was speaking Spanish. Just, just oh my throwing gosh. that out there. Yeah. Of course. So, just just throwing that out there. Um, but <sighs> we move on to Luke's and uh Lorelai, this is possibly uh one of Lorelai's worst scenes in my opinion. Like she's I clearly really nervous. Don't like it. Um she goes to Luke's and Luke liked the party. He mm-hmm. was into it. Mm-hmm. And she sits down and very awkwardly tells him, hey, Ava or Eva person is a Chilton mom and you're not allowed to date Chilton moms because I don't want Stars Hollow and Chilton to mix. So my life is more important than your life. Yeah. And that's that. I, Lorelai's arguments of I don't want these two worlds to mix for literally everything drives mm-hmm. me crazy. Like, mm-hmm. I get wanting to have like work and home life separate totally yeah. makes sense but to be like no mm-hmm. my personal parents life and my personal stars hollow life has to be separate from my personal chilton life and that personal work life is going to be totally enmeshed with the personal stars hollow life like it's it's such a double standard i guess yeah, like her rules don't make sense weird boundaries and like it's completely valid to have boundaries yeah. But her boundaries, like, switch as she needs them to. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because she had no problem inviting Emily to be part of the Chilton fashion show that was happening in Stars Hollow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's, like, two or three boundaries she crossed right there and didn't even blink. Yep. Because let's be real, guys. This has nothing to do with boundaries. She's jealous. I was giving her directions. And also, and also like, how dare you come in here and... I can date her if I want to. Yeah. Yeah. Zero right to, yeah. And then (sighs) Lorelai gets all offended. Yeah. And she she turns into Emily in this moment because she guilt and manipulates Mm -hmm. him um, into like, I don't know. It ends off, the the fight is not really a fight because it ends up with with him smiling. But like, I just disliked it. No, because Luke sees it for exactly what it was. Yeah. Jealousy. And mm-hmm. now he's feeling good about himself because Lorelai was <laughs> jealous of another woman talking about him. He knows. 
He's like, I Everybody just poked knows. holes in all of her arguments, got the last word in, <laughs> and she's yeah. jealous. Good day uh, for Luke. But oh. we do end the episode yeah. on a little bit of a high note. Mm-hmm. We head back to Chilton. Mm-hmm. Rory is happily reading. She's got her music. <laughs> oh, and yeah. one of the girls from the Puffs initiation wants to sit with her yeah. and does the exact same thing. She just sits, up, sits down and opens her book. And starts to read. And yeah. they should have been the best friends of the series. I'm sorry. But why did this girl yes, never come back? It's such a missed opportunity. Uh, I don't know. Well, I think partially she's also a brunette. And so visually, uh, well. like, I, they like to pair different, mm-hmm. like, looks together. God right? forbid. Like, Lorelai is a brunette. Suki's a redhead. <laughs> Paris mm-hmm. is blonde. Rory's brunette, so yeah, two brunettes you wouldn't be able to tell them apart. Guys, yeah, who was the town's person of the week? I don't know. I'm gonna say something controversial because I know who it should be, but I want to give someone else a chance. Okay. Mm -hmm. Paris. I think Paris unfortunately not in the best way put herself out there right um she was very vulnerable with rory told her exactly like please please help me out here um Mm -hmm. she unfortunately had to go to chilton with zit cream on her face yeah poor girl but she still got into the puffs did she we never see the puffs mentioned again don't we see comes back like a bathroom Francie. Yeah, Francie, Francie comes, comes back. back and you're right. Battling. Paris does not get into it. <laughs> you're you're totally right. Yeah. So I mean, I feel like I feel like Paris's vulnerability came as like the it was like the result of her lashing out at Rory. Mm-hmm. Like she lashed okay. out and then like became vulnerable through her like panic attack that she essentially mm-hmm. has to Rory's face. I don't know if I would give it to Paris. I feel like is the obvious one Rory. It was Rory. Yeah. 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 I just feel like we haven't been having a lot of strong side character moments mm-hmm. so far this episode. So it's hard for us to not give it to like one of the Gilmore girls. Yeah. Right? Rory had a because great they're the episode. only ones really growing. Yeah. My thing with Paris is she does have her vulnerable moment, but it's literally because she wants something. That is true, It's too. not out of any true. selflessness or anything like that. It's, mm-hmm. I want something and you are now in a position to help me get it. Yeah. Or at least not sabotage it. So, I mean, are we... we just give it to Rory again? Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately. So. It's not really unfortunately. But, like, Rory deserves it. She just, you know, it is about the Gilmore Girls. I, I Rory does not stand up for herself this way to Headmaster Charleston yeah. very often. And I feel like mm-hmm. almost because of that alone would almost want to give it to her right there. But then also she just has a fun episode otherwise, mm-hmm. too. Like, there's there's no bad side to her storyline, I don't feel like. Yeah. No. She, she got a to lot ring of, like, a bell. strength of character. Yeah. Yes. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Rory Gilmore, congratulations. You got this week's town person of the week. Yes, and after Town's Person of the Week, we have References with Sandra. Weekly References with Sandra. 
So for references this week, I want to focus on a reference that concerns each of the storylines. So one from Rory's adventures, and then one from Lorelai's adventures. And then afterwards, I'm going to focus on our random famous guest stars, uh, plural, in this episode. So first off, when Paris and Rory are talking in the hallway, and Paris is having that moment, um, she's talking about how secretive the puffs are, and how you can't just sit down, and Rory says, Paris, is not the Costa Nostra. Nostra? Costa Nostra. Mm-hmm. So, I had no idea what that meant. I don't know if Me you either. guys do. Okay. Nope. I had to look it up. And lo and behold, it is the Sicilian Mafia. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm not going to go through the history of the Mafia because there's a lot. And if any of the listeners want to know, there's a Wikipedia page, but just know you will scroll for days. That being said, <laughs> um, the reason Rory says the puffs are not like the Costa Nostra is because the Mafia is made up of quote-unquote, family. Obviously, they're not all biologically related, but, you know, they're family. Um, Within Mm -hmm. the mafia, there's a hierarchy, a boss, an underboss, advisors, soldiers. It's incredibly difficult to get into. It's only open to Sicilian men. Uh, You cannot have a police officer in your family. And, oh, also, you have to kill someone. Um, So, no, Paris, this is not the same thing. All you have to do is ring a bell. You Um, want a real idea of how it works? Go watch The Godfather. There you go. Maybe Gucci. I haven't seen the Gucci. Oh, The House of Gucci. Maybe. Yeah. But Gaga's Uh, in it. Sounds like the right vibes. Um, Right. Next, I want to focus on Lorelai and the fashion show, specifically the song that plays as they walk down the catwalk. Everyone knows it. And if you don't, um, where have you been? I don't know where you've been. Um, It is, of course, Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Robert Hazard, not Cyndi Lauper. This song was originally released in 1979 by a man called Robert Hazard. He had a very modest career, was mainly only popular in Philly. Uh, He started by doing new wave stuff in the 80s and ended his career doing country music until his death in uh, 2008 which was 16 days before his 60th birthday. So he was kind of young when he died. He apparently wrote this song in 20 minutes while taking a shower in a motel. Uh, He made the demo (laughs) in 1979, as stated before, but it wasn't until Cyndi Lauper's producers remember hearing it that the song really went anywhere. Now, Robert's version is from the male point of view, and it's a sleazy song. Like, it is about how fun girls can be. Cindy actually changed the lyrics, so it's more of a feminist anthem of just letting girls live. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, Lorelai and everyone in the world has chosen her version over the male version. Yeah, because it lands better. Oh yeah, much better. And it's just a fun song. Uh, His version is kind of like more rock and roll-y, and hers is more bubblegum pop. So uh, lastly, I want to focus on our random guest stars. First... I want to talk about Brenda Strong, who played Ava, the lead booster mom. So it's really interesting Mm. that you said that you think that she could be in a small town because we're going to get into why. So before Mm. this episode, Brenda had already been acting for nearly 20 years, guest starring in everything from MacGyver to Cheers to Dallas to Star Trek to Matlock to Twin Peaks. 
And she's got a record. I mentioned Twin Peaks <laughs> specifically because we're going to see another actress come in from Twin Peaks very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, Brenda was also in Blossom, ER, Party of Five, Murphy Brown, Seinfeld, Sports Night, and Seventh Heaven. And I'm only listing the popular the popular shows. Like this woman has wow. been in so many shows before 2001. When this episode was filmed. After this episode, the guest star listing continues. She was in Malcolm Middle, Nip Tuck, Everwood, Fear the Walking Dead, The 100, 13 Reasons Why, Supergirl. But most people would recognize her as Mary Alice Young, one of the lead women in Desperate Housewives. Um, which would have been three years after this episode. Um, this lady has been in everything. <laughs> But, like, most people recognize her is from that, from Desperate Housewives. Wow, yeah. Which is a small town. She does look like a housewife. She does. Mm-hmm. Just the way they've styled her hair and the outfit and everything, it just mm-hmm. it kind of hit, you know, she kind of yeah. naturally goes into that role very well, I would say. So the next guest star is Madeline Zima, which I'm curious, did any of the Chilton girls seem familiar or like you know her from something else to the missed friendship opportunity girl that's right so uh madeline uh was the girl who gets kidnapped with rory and paris and later sits with rory her name in the show is lisa even though we never hear it Mm -hmm. um madeline had also a series of guest roles as a little girl but really it didn't take her long like literally one year to get one of the two roles she's famous for she was eight years old when she got the part of Grace Sheffield, the youngest of the Sheffield children in the incredible show, one of my favorite shows, The Nanny. Um, <laughs> she is the youngest girl. Uh, the show ran until 1999. Ten years later, in 2009, she was Gretchen Berg in Heroes, Claire's roommate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, which is a Gilmore Girl adjacent show because of Milo, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So kind of a little bit of full circle moment. Uh, yeah. But yeah, those were my guest stars and those were my references this week. But after references, we are getting a book from Emily. Books, movies, and music with Emily. With Emily. So we obviously had a whole slew of books mentioned during the whole backpack conversation. Um, So first mentioned is Edna St. Vincent Millay. She is an American poet. Not doing that one. Uh, We also have Gore Vidal, who I believe was short stories. Maybe he was essays. Um, We also had a mention of Eudora Welltip, who is another author. I did not look up that one. Sorry. Um, But the one we are doing is William Faulkner. And while Faulkner has mentioned the book is not, but based on the cover, I think I have figured out what one it was. It's called Intruder in the Dust. Okay. It was written and published by William Faulkner in 1948. Have either of you read this? No. Mm -mm. Okay. So William Faulkner is considered one of the greatest authors of like American Southern culture, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, And this book is about a black man accused of killing a white man in 1940s Mississippi which I'm sure we can all know how well that goes at that point in time you're guilty until proven innocent so the story itself though um, 
the man accused, his name is Lucas Beecham, or Beauchamp. I have no idea how to say it. It's it's a French last name. Beecham is the is the English way to say it. Years previous, before this murder happens, um, he Lucas saves the life of a twelve year old boy who falls into an icy creek. Okay. Boy's like, thank you so much. Like all is good. Nice little relationship forms there. He wants to pay him back as a thank you, but doesn't know what to do. A few years later, he gets accused of murder. So this kid, he goes by the name Chick, is like, I'm going to prove your innocence. White boy. So he gets, I, I think it was his dad, his uncle. His uncle is Beecham's lawyer and does not believe him at all. But then mm-hmm. they get uh, a southern elite, an old white woman, essentially believes his story as well. And so it's a story of how they prove him innocent and how he eventually is exonerated. It's very reminiscent of To Kill a Mockingbird. Yes, I thought so too. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it's a very interesting story. I find it very interesting that this book was so well received in that time frame. I mean, I feel like it's a great thing that it was, mm-hmm. but it's an interesting storyline and interesting like points, discussions that you can do on this. Highly recommend yeah. reading it. So uh, the only Faulkner book I've ever read is As I Lay Dying. I've never read any Faulkner. It's a little bit too heavy, I guess, mm-hmm. for my usual reading. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, that checks out. Rory loves heavy stuff. We know right? that from yeah. all of her past choices. I mean, she's had a good amount of books that address social inequalities. Yeah. I always find it so interesting that she is so interested in these types of books at like 16, 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I definitely think like where she ends up in life, not including the revival, I mean... At the end of the series, um, going through Obama's campaign train uh, trail, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that is excellent. That's exactly what yeah. I would have thought yeah. Rory Gilmore does with her life. But yeah, so that was this week's book, William Faulkner, um, Intruder in the Dust, released in 1948. After that, we have Fashion with Jess. Making fashion choices, making fashion choices, making fashion choices with Jess. All right, so obviously this was a, um, well, maybe not obviously. So clearly this was supposed to be a fashion-heavy episode. We have a literal fashion show. And um, I think for this episode, I'm going to be focusing my fashion review on that fashion show. Uh, So if there were any other normal outfits that were worn throughout the episode that you guys want to point out after the fact, please do. Uh, But in our Saks Fifth Avenue Fall Fashion Extravaganza 2001, uh, where we see a total of six models modeling six (laughs) looks, we have our first look, which was a um, halter neck gray black kind of marbled dress with pink red flowers. It was all shimmery and it was floor length. Now, normally, I don't know how many fashion shows you guys have watched. Normally, the big gown is the last thing you send down the runway, right? Goodness, no. That's how you end the show. (laughs) No, they were like, let's send out our best look. So they send out this first look, and it's very pretty. Um, Ava is very tall. She's got, like, beautiful broad shoulders. She looks great in the outfit. And then we just send a bunch of, like, business lady wear down the runway our second look is a high-necked animal print kind of a a mix between zebra and tiger black and white long sleeve top with black kind of flowy trousers 
And honestly, it looks like something Lorelai would wear to work. Mm -hmm. So is it on trend? Sure. Is it something that I would pay money to watch in a fashion show? Maybe not. (laughs) Uh, Up next was our third look, which is a gray with black stripe textured blazer skirt set. Um, It's got a mock neck with large metallic buttons. Large metallic buttons were hot for fall 2001. I could tell you guys that. They were on almost every outfit. Um, And so it's this very boxy, oversized gray blazer with a matching pencil skirt styled with black tights. Um, I did think it was interesting that the model walking was um, black because she wasn't part of the booster club when we met them. Mm -hmm. Um, And also it's implying that there are POC and by POC at Chilton, which we very, very rarely see. Very true. But I was like, why couldn't this woman have also had a speaking role? Like, right? you put her on the runway. She like, wasn't even Why couldn't club. you also... No, like, give her a speaking role, please. Mm. Okay. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. Uh, fourth down the runway was a blue textured, almost like a houndstooth kind of vibe, fitted blazer uh, with a pencil skirt, another set... And you won't believe it, more big gold buttons, because big gold (laughs) buttons were hot this season. Again, it looks like Chilton mom wear. Like, that's obviously the point here. It's supposed to appeal to Chilton moms. Um, It is not exactly the height of fashion. I'm not going to lie. Most of these outfits I can see Emily wearing. Maybe not the zebra print, but I mean, I can see her wearing the fit of that. Yeah, maybe not the gown, but like, or the dress. And so then we have... Our fifth and final set go down the runway, which is Emily and Lorelai in their red and black matching mother-daughter set. So Emily is wearing kind of a cropped hip-length red blazer jacket, and it has black and gold trimmed collar details, as well as black and gold trimmed sleeve accents, and some sleek black trousers. It's adorable. She looks like she could be serving hot cocoa on the Polar Express or something. Like, there's a festive (laughs) element to it. Mm -hmm. And then we have Lorelai's outfit, which is a red blazer dress, which is calf length, again, with the same black and gold trimmed collar details, big gold buttons down the front, big gold buttons on the sleeves. And I mean... Later on, Rory gets to see a Polaroid of this outfit, and she says that she's elegant and understated. I hope that was sarcasm, because that was not what we got from this look. I think that everybody looked fine in the fashion show, right? Like, if these people had been walking down the street in a busy city in 2001 in the fall. These outfits were so boring, and they were presented as fashion, and they were presented as, like, exciting, I would not have paid for this fashion show, guys. I was a little bit grumpy about it. Um, Yeah, I didn't have a particular worst dress in the episode. There was one other item of note, which is Lorelai's top that she's wearing during the Booster Club meeting. Mm -hmm. She comes in, it's a black and white, um, kind of like Asian-inspired, one sleeve has sparkles and flowers, and there's like a little character on the front. Um, I felt like that particular shirt was chosen for this scene to create more of a division between her and the Chilton moms. So, like, she's the young one in, like, the flashy graphic shirt, and they're all in their fancy clothes. But, yeah, I didn't feel like anybody was especially worse dressed, um, and there wasn't anything I would want to steal. So, what do you guys think about the episode? Uh, So, there's two things that I want to steal, and they're both red, 
but mm-hmm. they're not those outfits. <laughs> um, my first, they're both coats, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Lorelai's jean jacket, red jean jacket is so cute. Mm-hmm. I loved it so much. And Rory's full, like, a uh, trench coat is the wrong. It's it's like a full length. Maybe like a coat. pea coat. Yeah, yeah. Like um, a that's red. It's so cute. Or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, just I would really also steal Rory's coat. That was fashion for episode seven. Um, and as always, after fashion, we do have Stars Hollow speaks. So for Stars Hollow speaks, we have another email from Zephron's Ninja. Um, she sent me a list of Jess Mariano's reading list on Goodreads, which is fantastic. Um, the only downside is I wish whoever made that list had notes as to like what episode <laughs> these books are seen in. Um, but it'll still it'll be very helpful, um, especially as we get more Jess scenes. And then also she sent us a link regarding the guitar in Luke's apartment on his bed um, that it might actually be Scott's guitar since he does play and have his own band. Um, so it's really oh, interesting. interesting, and mm-hmm. I always forget that he has his own band. <laughs> I didn't. Even it's know. a lot of fun. <laughs> but yeah, so thank you again for the emails. We always appreciate them. And we do have one little Instagram um, comment that we didn't mention from last week's episode, or I guess two weeks ago's episode, uh, and that was uh, we asked about any thoughts on presenting uh, Lorelai Gilmore the episode. And uh, Ruth on Instagram said, I love it so much, even though it includes Chris. <laughs> and I think we all, the caveat of, well, also it includes Chris. Yeah, he ruins yeah. a lot of otherwise good episodes. <laughs> so thank you, Ruth, for your uh, feedback. We totally agree with you. Yes. And again, uh, you guys can always contact us either on email or on Instagram. We're around. Um, send us your thoughts. But I did also want to mention, um, we have a way for you guys to support us. It is at Buy Me A Coffee. And you can find us at buymeacoffee.com slash townmeeting. And if you guys want to donate a couple bucks so that we can buy a coffee or tea. I think some of us are tea drinkers. Yeah, if you guys are interested in supporting the podcast, um, there's a lot of like weird behind-the-scenes stuff that kind of goes into making a podcast, even if that's just subscribing to zoom every month so that we can have high quality recordings of our discussions mm-hmm. um we do all of our own editing but we'd love one day to get to a point where we could have somebody help because sometimes it takes us upwards of 10 hours to edit an episode even a little bit like the cost of a cup of coffee can go a long way so if anybody is yes. willing or interested we would love it you don't have to our podcast will remain free as long as we do it um but if you want to throw us a couple of bucks we'd always appreciate it Thank you so much, guys. Um, Regardless if you donate or not, I know you guys are supporting us. Thank you for coming back this week. I know we took last week off for Thanksgiving, and we are going to be taking the holidays off in Christmas time as well. Um, But until then, we have a whole bunch of episodes. And before we end this episode, we have coffee. Coffee. uh, Rory Gilmore has one cup of coffee, and Lorelai has two cups of coffee. And she does have one of those cups of coffee while storming out of Luke's. So (laughs) it's debatable of whether (laughs) she does not pay for it. She doesn't pay for it. I don't think Lorelai has paid for a cup of coffee since season one. Um, But that was this episode. Like mother, like daughter. Thank you for listening. As always, this was Sandra. This is Emily. (laughs) And I was Jess. uh, And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to Town Meeting, a Gilmore Girls Rewatch podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do so on Instagram or Twitter at townmeetingpod. Or if you'd like to send us an email, send it to townmeetingpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to toss us a couple bucks and support the podcast, find us on buymeacoffee.com slash townmeeting.